the thief comes not except to steal kill and destroy i have come that you might have and enjoy life life in abundance until it overflows discover how to live the abundant life in christ through the ministry of pastor ose yao afuakwa pastor afuakwa is the general overseer of faith house charismatic chapel international a thriving ministry in kumase ghana god has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know god better live life better and impact their world better get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success and limitless prosperity god bless you as you listen We've been focusing on Psalm 91 verse 14. Psalm 91 verse 14. That has been our focus for this month. Which is also our prophetic month. This is a month where we are setting the foundation strong for God's agenda. And his purpose to be fulfilled in our lives as a church. That's why we've been looking at this particular psalm all through this season. Let's read it together. One go. Because Say, because I have set my love upon him. Therefore, glory. We are setting on high by God. God is setting us on high. Amen. Now, when you set your love on God, we describe you as a lover of God. When you set your love on God, we describe you as a lover of God too. Some people, when we greet the lovers of God, they respond like that. But, you see, the, the actual thing is where your heart is. You may respond with your mouth, but if your heart is not set on God, it's fake. Amen. And I pray that the grace of God to set our heart on God will be here. Amen. Give me a believing amen here. Second Timothy 3 verse 1 to 5. We are living in a dispensation where the Bible says that in these last days, perilous times shall come. And because perilous times shall come, men will be lovers of themselves. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Verse 3. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Verse 4. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. May you be a lover of God. May you be a lover of God. So, when we become lovers of God, unique things happen to us. That's why loving God is not just an emotional thing that leaves leaves you with no effect. Loving God, when it becomes real and genuine, releases certain blessings into our lives. And I pray that this year, as you truly set your affection on God, these blessings will be realized in your life. Loving God provokes supernatural promotion. He says, because you have set your love upon me, therefore I will set him on high. I will deliver him because he has known my name. God doesn't just deliver anybody. He delivers his lovers. May you experience his deliverance this year. May you experience his intervention this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Number one, we say when you set your love on God among many things, you enjoy supernatural elevation and promotion. Number two, we said when you set your love on God, you become indestructible in the conflict of life. Praise God. And the thing about it is that when you become a genuine lover of God, you are filled with the fullness of God. So anything that can destroy God can destroy you. But anything that cannot destroy God cannot destroy you. I really want you to take this subject of loving God so meaningful and so powerful and make it a part and parcel of your life. It's something that I'm very, very, very passionate about because in all of our Christian work, this is the most important thing. He said, this is the first commandment. And every other thing is like unto it. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. When the love of God is rooted and grounded in your life, you don't worry about who is against you or who is for you. God is for me. Nothing can stand against me. That is where you begin to live. This year, may you live that kind of life. Apostle Paul was speaking in Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 20. Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees. To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? From whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. Verse 16. That you grant you according to the riches of his glory. That you may be strengthened with mind by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Now look at that. Ye be rooted in what? Aha. Uh-huh may be able to comprehend with all the things what is the breath and the length and the depth and the height. Verse 19, he says, and to know the love of God that passeth knowledge that he might be filled with all the fullness of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you are filled with the fullness of God, you are truly filled. You are filled with all the fullness of God. The Godhead bodily dwells in you. That is what makes a lover of God indestructible. Because before you are destroyed, God must be destroyed. And nothing can destroy God. I see you living that kind of life this year. Number three, you become a sign and a wonder. God makes you a sign and a wonder. God makes you a sign and a wonder when you set your affection on him. Number four, you become failure proof in life. Last week, I attempted touching on this, but I could not. You enjoy all round breakthroughs in life. And this year, I pray you will enjoy the breakthroughs of God. The Bible says, all things work together for the good of them that love God. The holy people for whom nothing ever works against them in life are those who are in love with God. No matter how hard things get, no matter how bad, the enemy attacks them, they will still come up on top. That was the secret of Job. He was in love with God. Everything he had in the natural was gone. But he said, no, you slay me. Yes, I will trust you. My attention is not on things. My attention is on you. He loved God to the very core of his being. So when Satan messed up everything, God restored him. When you are in love with God, all round breakthrough becomes your portion. They saw, the, they saw the Joseph and then subjected him to all manner of attacks. But because he was in love with God, you know, a man who has gone through a lot of attacks and afflictions in life, when he had the opportunity to betray God, he would have betrayed him. If you will not stop my brothers from betraying me, if you will not stop this woman, 
now I've gotten into a house where a woman has accepted me and shown me love. My own family members have rejected me. My brothers, everybody, nobody cares about me. If this woman shows me love, let me also show her love. But he knew that by loving God, it could take him to the prison. But because of love, he went there. And while he was in the prison, the Lord was with him in the prison. Because God never leaves his lovers alone. This year, he won't leave you alone. Let your love be proven. Let it not be theoretical. A lot of people claim to love God. But when it comes to the practical issues of life, loving God is in your choices. Take note. It's in your choices. That's where. That's where. Paul said, what shall separate me from the love of God? What shall separate me from the love of God? And because he could not be separated from the love of God, nothing could also come against him. I was a man they literally beat to the point of death. They gave him up because they could see that the man was visibly dead. But when they left him, immediately life from somewhere set to him. Why? Because lovers of God, they boiled one man by the name of John. They boiled him. His name is John the Beloved. He was so much in love with God that they called him John the Beloved. They boiled him in oil. But he refused to die. Left him to perish in an island. And he still stood. You see, when the love is genuine, God steps in. Don't let it be a head thing. Prove it by your life. Prove it by your life. Let God see that he's the object for your existence. Nothing else matters but him. When God becomes convinced like that, and God knows the heart of man. That's why when it's theoretical, it's one thing. But when it's practical and God can attest to it, you are gone. You are gone. God knows those who genuinely love him. He knows them. And I pray that this year he will know you as one of such. May he know you as one of such. May he know you as one of such. God knows he loves but do you also know whether you are his lover? That's what we started trying to understand and see because you need to diagnose a sickness so you can prescribe the drug. If you see yourself and you see that God is not your lover, by the things that we are talking about, you begin to advise yourself. I've told you it's not theoretical. It's practical. And there are practical proofs of genuine, authentic, unflinching love for God. When the love of God is real and genuine, there are things you see. Number one is where your affection is. Where your affection is. Where your affection is. Where your affection is. Our affections don't set themselves, we set them. Your affections will not set itself. I meet people all the time who wants to have a deeper walk with God. But if it was just like that, you would have easily gotten it. But getting a deeper walk with God is intentionally achieved, not wishfully desired. It's intentionally achieved. If you want to get deeper with God, there are things you do that brings you into a deeper relationship with God. It's intentionally achieved. Not wishfully desired. One, your affection. Number two, your priority. Your priority. The things that you do first always show what is important to your life. Your priority. Your priority. Your priority. Number three, your love for his word. When you love God, your love for his word will be genuine. 
to go a whole week without the word, to go a whole week without the word, to go once a week with a, a, a 30 or 40 minute sermon is not enough to sustain a love walk. When you are in love with somebody, you like to hear them. Even around uh, 12 midnight, you are sending WhatsApp. When you are sure they are sleeping, they won't read it. Why? Because you want them to, their attention to be drawn to you the first thing they wake up in the morning. Pick up their phone in this day of phone addiction. People wake up and they don't look to the face of God. They look to the screen of their phone. That's the first thing. We pick it. The phone wakes you up, you pick it, and then off you go. Number four, you love God, you love his house. Somebody say, I love his house. Receive a love for God's house. David said, I love your house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. The house of your lover is never far for you. Is it far? It's never far. Wherever they are, you will reach them out. Because you love them. You want to be there. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tent of wickedness. When you are in genuinely in love, you will spend time with God. 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 I told you last week about people, when they are in love, they go and come, they go and come, they go and come. And for three hours, if they are not very serious-minded people, and they are just emotionally hyper in love. Three hours they'll be moving up and down. Why? Because you just want to be around the person. Praise God. When love is genuine, we want to spend time. When it's fresh, we want to spend time. We want to dress the same way. We want to look the same way. We want to go the same places. But when you are getting tired, when we say we have church dinner, couples dinner, you don't want to go with your wife. Number six, obedience. Somebody say obedience. 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 Do you find it difficult obeying God? Are the commandments of God grievous for you? When you check your life and you realize that consistently you struggle to obey God, Consistently in every area of your life, you struggle to obey God, whether it's finances, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your service to God, you struggle to obey God. It's a test. You are yet to be in love. In love. When you are fully in love, obedience comes natural. The Bible says, For this is love that we keep his commandments. First John 5 3. And his commandments are not grievous. The new kingdom says his commandments are not burdensome. Yeah, you don't. When your wife makes demand on you and you love her, you don't have a difficulty. Particularly when the love is deep and fresh. They say, I will cross the ocean for you. I will do no, 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 no. You are looking at me. Some of you know how to sing it and I'm pretending. Cross which ocean? <laughs> Atlantic or Pacific? Which of them will you cross? Somebody say women like to be lied to. Praise God. Yeah. When you are lying like this, then they are very happy. 
When you tell them the truth, they don't like it. I will die for you. Who said? <laughs> but when you are in love with God, the Bible said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. In the New Testament, the principal proof of love is obedience. That's the principal proof of love. It's obedience. It summarizes all the other things that people have been talking. In the New Testament, we are not under laws. We are not under laws. And they say it all the time. But the sum total of scripture, he said, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear the Lord and keep his commandment. Fear the Lord and keep his, that is the sum total of scripture. And to keep his commandment is to love him. So if we have only one law in the New Testament and it's a law of love, and obedience is what defines love, then until we are in obedience, we are not in love with God. There is no greater commandment. Abraham followed God everywhere. Number seven. This is what I want to teach all. You will give sacrificially for his cause. Praise God. I thought you say amen. amen. Yeah, you give sacrificially for his cause. When you love God, you give sacrificially. Some of us give, but conveniently. Anytime a challenge comes up, we withdraw. When you serve God conveniently, he blesses you conveniently. When you, when you serve God, please take note. When you serve him conveniently, he blesses you conveniently. But when you serve him continually in spite of challenges, he comes through for you continually. Amen. That's what the king said. He said, thy God whom thou servest continually has he come to deliver you. When your love is set on him, he delivers you because you serve him continuously. Continuously. Yes. Sacrificial. The Bible says in John chapter 15 verse 13, he said, greater love had no man than this. That the man will lay down his love for his friends. That's what, that there's no way to authenticate love than this. If you can pay some uh, 200 or 250 to take your wife to dinner. What else can you do to prove your love? <laughs> I'll preach it in second sense. Somebody say greater love. Greater love. God's love for us was demonstrated in death. We can't claim to love him when we are willing to live. We are more willing. This is a generation of Christians that are more willing to live than they are willing to die. Very few Christians will go all out, including pastors, for God. When the situation favors us, we are there. When it's inconvenient, no, 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 God understands. If Jesus had understood the convenience, he would not have gone through uh, Gethsemane. He says, not my will, but thy will. When his will came in confrontation with the will of God, by love, he chose the will of God above his. Listen, loving God is practical. It is what? Practical. I said it's what? Practical. The most practical thing about Christianity is genuine love for God. It's, it's, it's genuine. genuine. You can't. And until these tests, the Bible is good because it doesn't show you to do something and does not tell you whether you have attained it or not. Praise God. It can help you to know. When you are in love, you should be able to know. Naturally, when you are in love with that guy, you know. Yeah. 
When you are in love with the girl, you know. When you are in love with the guy, you know. But the ladies, they become blinded to counsel, wise counsel. Ephesians 5, verse 1, 2, and 2. He says, Be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love. Be ye followers. Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Follow God. How do we become imitators of God? Verse 2. He says, Let's look at verse 2. And walk in love as Christ hath also what? Loved us and given himself an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling. When you love God, you prove it by your sacrificial giving. Whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's money, you do it. David, the lover of God, the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. He said, I won't give anything to God that costs me nothing. When you give, does it cost you anything? No wonder the returns don't follow. When you give and it costs you something, when I preach and it costs me something, I get blessed out of it. There have been several occasions in my life as a minister. Naturally speaking, you won't preach. Yeah. If I listen to my body, if I listen to the conditions around me. Yeah. And God is in heaven, he's watching. This guy will lead choose comfort over a covenant. Because love brings a person into covenant to walk with God. When you mind his things, God begins to mind your things. This year, that is the life you will live. I said this year, that is the life you will live. Shout a believing amen. Second Samuel 24, 24. It says, surely I will buy it of thee. I will not give anything to God. Oh, when I finish school, then I will start serving God. <laughs> That is serving conveniently. When I get the job, that's where I'll be available for service. I know I can sing, I can play, but now it's time for school. Am I communicating somebody at all? Now it's time for me to really sort myself out. When I finish this uh, 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 house I'm buying, I'll start paying tight. I'll start paying first fruit. You're not in love yet. Solomon, the lover of God, the Bible said in first... Kings chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. And Solomon loved the Lord that God, walking in all his commandments, and only his sacrifice. Go to verse 4. He said, and the king went to Gibeon and sacrificed there. When you are in love, sacrifice is a natural part of your life. It's a natural part of your life. If you can't sacrifice for God, please, <laughs> spare us of your fake love. And there's one way we give sacrificially to God. Abraham, a genuine lover of God, proved that to us. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 22, verse 1 to 3, it came to pass after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. Take now your son, your holy son, whom thou lovest, and go to a place which I will show you. And there I will instruct you what to do with him. The Bible said in verse 3, Abraham took Isaac. Rose up early, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son whom he loved, and took him there. Praise God. One of the things the lovers of God give to God is that they honor him with their first fruits. The first fruit. It will be in Praise God. The first fruit. When Abraham saw Isaac, received Isaac, it was a time of lost hope. He never knew he could bring forward the child. 
But it so happened that God gave him a child in his old age. And God came to him and said, Abraham, I know what you love. Bring it and offer it as a sacrifice unto me. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, he said, Honor the Lord with your capital. Amplified version says, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labor and with the first fruit of all your income. Somebody say first fruit. Say first fruit of all your income. First fruit of all your income. And when you do this, verse 10, he said, so shall your bonds be filled, verse 10, so your storage houses shall be filled with plenty. This year, your storage houses shall be filled. Your resources will never be depleted. That's what he's talking about. When you honor God, God honors you in return. For the purpose of those who don't understand what first fruit is. When we talk about first fruit, we are talking about something that comes before all others in order time, importance, or quality. That is first fruit. The first fruit is something that comes before all others in time, in quality, in amount, or importance. Exodus chapter 3, 13, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke unto Moses... Saying, sanctify unto me, verse 2, sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both men and beasts, it is mine. Somebody say, it is mine. mine. Uh That's it. God says, it is mine. Sanctify it unto me, because it is mine. Look at Exodus 13, 12. 13, 12. Thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the mattress. And every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. Somebody say, is the Lord's. Say, is the Lord's. So when we talk about first, we are talking about the first thing to appear. The first in place, the first in time, the first in importance. Number two, it is the leading or preceding fruit. That set the stage or the, sets the pace in time or quality for others, same or similar to follow. The leading. The leading. In Bible times, when they talk about first fruit, they were talking about the first harvest of your crop. That's your first fruit. The first harvest of your crop. The first fruit also referred to the first child into a family. That was the first fruit, particularly if it was a male child. It was the first fruit set aside unto God. Undebatable. God said, whatever it is, whatever it is, whether he be crippled or normal, it is mine. When it came to the law of the tithe, he says, when you are bringing it and the animal has a difficulty, lay it aside, change it and replace it. But the first fruit, whatever it is, is mine. God lays serious claim to the first fruit. In our modern times, when I talk about first fruit, I am talking about your first salary in a year. Say amen. amen. Only one person said amen. amen. Yeah. Because you have never given to God anything more than your salary before. <laughs> your first salary in a year, if you are an employee. Your first profit in a year, if you also own or run a business. When it comes to business people, usually they, they, they take things for granted. The first fruit. That's what it is. The first fruit is also your your first 
increase on a job. Like for instance, you start working and then uh, in January they say they have reviewed your salary or let's say in the course of the year, somewhere in June, they say they have reviewed your salary. From 2,000, they've taken you to 3,000. The first 1,000 belongs to God. That's first fruit. That's first fruit. That is first fruit. That is what it means. If you start up your own business, the first proceeds from the business, all of it belongs to God. See, all of it. When you take your operational cost and every other thing out. The first profit belongs to God. It's not a, a money for investment. Oh, I'm going to inject it into the business. You are injecting wrong money into your business. Five biblical truths about the first fruit offering. One, it is the foremost type of giving men- mentioned in scripture. This is one of the things most people don't know. The tithe is very popular. Because it's a convenient way of giving to the baby Christian. Or it's, a, it's much an easier option to do. You don't bring or you bring some. And you don't even bring any significant amount. Just 10%. Because make us say 10% is insignificant. Significant. 10%. It is the, the first offering. In fact, if you go through scripture, the first offerings mentioned in scripture have to do with first fruits. What Noah offered unto God was not tight, was first fruit. What the first person to actually give something to God in scripture from Genesis is Abel. And Abel did not bring tight. Abel did not bring offering. Abel brought the first fruit. Look at that. Genesis 4, 1 to 5. The Bible said in the process of time, Adam knew his wife. He became pregnant. Go to verse 2. Go to verse 2, please. Next, she gave birth to brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of a sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3, he says, And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Look at verse 4. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had respect and regard for Abel and for his offering. That's what he brought, the firstborn. That's what he brought. That's the first fruit. The first offering to be mentioned in scripture was the first fruit offering. And you see, when you read scripture, there's what they call the law of first mention. The things that God talks to you first about them are very, very important and dear to God. When you go to school, the first things you are taught are A, B, C, D. Is that not what you are taught? If you ignore A, B, C, D, you come from words. Do you know that? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's fundamental, foundational. That's the foremost Number two, the first fruit is different from tithe and other forms of giving. A lot of people, I have, I know some mega churches where they actually receive, when they say first fruit day, it means they are receiving tithe. When they say first fruit Sunday, it means it's a tithe Sunday. No. The first fruit is not the tithe. Nehemiah chapter 44 verse, uh, chapter 12 verse 44, sorry. It says, and at that time, there were some appointed over the chambers for the treasures. For the offerings, please take note, for the offerings, for the first fruit, for the tithe. Can you see that? For the offerings, for the first fruit, and for the tithe. If they were the same, he would not have repeated it. That's it. It's different from tithe and other forms of giving. Number two, number three, it is a whole offering. Somebody say a whole offering. The first fruit is not a partial offering. It is a whole offering. You don't bring a percentage to bribe God as first fruit. 
if for lack of faith you pay it in two months, that is your own challenge. But the first fruit is a whole offering. When you are bringing it, it's all of your salary, not some of it. All of the profit, not some of it. That's what it is. Monica is only here with me today. Everybody else has gone somewhere. Say and amen. Let me know you are here. Praise God. You know this pastor doesn't tell you something he doesn't do. I've been giving first fruit for close to 10 years. Since I discovered the truth. It's not a... I've never struggled to release it. Praise God. It's a delight. It's a delight. It's not a partial offering. Somebody says it's not a partial offering. Now he says, And the Lord said to Moses, Sanctify, consecrate, set apart to me all the firstborn maids, whatever is first, is to open the womb among the Israelites. Both man and beast is mine. Now, in the New Testament, some people were giving what looked like a first fruit offering. And somebody didn't understand it and decided to hurt something. God visited him immediately. Praise God. Let me show you. Acts of the 5, verse 1. Acts of the 5. Acts 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Safari, his wife, or Sapphiria, his wife, sold a possession. Somebody say sold a possession. possession. Good. And he kept part of the proceeds. People are giving first fruit. People sold their land. They brought it first fruit. People, then they also when they say we have a possession, we are going to sell it and bring it as first fruit. They sold it and kept a part of it. Now listen, it wasn't God's, it was theirs. But they kept a part of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Because the apostles were not there when it was sold, we can just uh, beat them to it with anything. Verse 3, the Bible says, But Peter said, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep part of the price of the land for yourself. So it was actually land. Kept it for themselves. When we talk about first fruit, we are not talking about partial giving. We are talking about whole thing. Praise God. That's one major difference between first fruit and the tithe. The tithe is a percentage. The first fruit is a whole. Ananias, while well, Satan, verse 4, he says, Well, it remained, was it not your own? And after it was so, was it not in your own control? So he was telling man, listen, this thing we are talking about, it's not like God is in Edo. While the thing was with you, it was yours. You could have done whatever you wanted to do with it. But when you said you were giving it to God as first fruit, it should be like that. It should be like that. I know of cases where some people pay some this month and then the rest is uh, left to rot. Praise God. I have built my faith over time. Not to pay my first fruit in part. Praise God. Because the temptation to want to do other things with it increases with time. Praise God. Yes, it's to throw a bear on a wood one time. And you see, when you do it too, the blessings that are supposed to be yours, they come to you quickly. One time. One time. One time. He says, while it remains, was it not in your hand? 
And after it was so, now this is not to let you say, uh, uh, stress yourself. Praise God. Because one of the things with God is that God does not stress people. He expects faithfulness from people, but he does not stress people. Praise God. So if your faith level permits you to do half this month, half next month, do so. But by all means, do all. Complete it. God bless you. Complete it and not uh, do half-hearted something. He said, you have not lied to man, but you have lied to God. <laughs> you see, the, Holy, the first revelation the Holy Ghost, when he came, he gave, was about money. <laughs> That's another sermon. That's the first time he revealed something about something. Buddy. Why have you conceived this thing? Verse 5. Ananas, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. God just killed him. So great fear came upon all those who heard him. These things. And verse 6, it says, The young men arose and wrapped him, carried out and buried him. Verse 7, the Bible said, In a short time, it was about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Verse 8, huh. Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, yeah, so for so much. It was just about uh, $10,000. That's how much we got. And that's what your husband said. He said, Hey, you people are one indeed. <laughs> you are so one that you agreed to lie to the Holy Ghost. Partners in crime. Okay, if you are partners in crime, you will be partners in the same graveyard. He said, the, the feet of the young men who buried your husband, they are just here and they will carry you home soon. <laughs> Praise God. That's it. He says, then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came, found her dead, carried her out, buried her by her husband. Listen. Integrity with finances matters to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is a very lassitude spiritual generation. We take spiritual things lightly. And we have some people who don't seem to read the Bible in a comprehensive manner Helping people to perpetuate that kind of lazy spiritual way of approaching God. In the Old Testament, the way to approach God was tight. So people were very serious with God. In the New Testament, grace has given us access. But that access is being grossly abused. Praise God. That's why we are not getting the best of God. Like they used to get in those times. I pray that God will help somebody. Amen. Number three, it is four, it's a sacrificial offering. Somebody say sacrificial offering. It is not an offering that you do conveniently. It's something that costs you something. Praise God. It costs you something. Number five is an annual and seasonal offering given to honor God. Somebody say an annual and seasonal offering. Yeah. Every time God gives you an increase. He expects you to honor him in return. Because in a job setting, it's not everyone that gets to enjoy promotion. When they are doing salary review, they don't review everybody's salary. In fact, I believe that any company that reviews salary across board is a foolish company. It's a useless company. That's why a lot of government agencies, people just sit still and they know that when it's promotion time, it looks like now it's even changing because they go for interview now. 
And when you go, you may be qualified or you may be disqualified. Uh So that is even changing. Because if you don't get promoted, your salary will be as it is. Praise God. But I am of the strongest conviction that any organization that promotes and to increase salary across board is a useless organization to work for. Because you don't reward people the same way. There's always a reward for difference. Honor. When we say we are honoring somebody, we are just showing that we are all not the same. Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 35, the Bible says, and to bring the first fruits of your ground and the first fruit of all trees, first fruit of all trees, year by what? Year unto the house of the Lord. Year by year. May God give you grace. Why is it important to honor God with your first fruit? One, God demands it or lays claim to the first fruit. God demands it. Somebody say he demands it. He demands it. He demands it. He demands it. it. Now, God demands it. Somebody say he demands it. Look at Exodus 13, 12. He said, you must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord for they belong to him. He demands it. Somebody say he demands it. Yeah, he demands it. In the book of Exodus 23, verse 19, it said, The first fruit of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord. Thy God thou shalt bring. He is not suggesting it. You must bring. Eh? Number two, it is a practical, it is a practical, it's a practical way to fulfill the scriptural principle of giving God first place in our lives. It is a practical way. The way it's missing. It's a practical way to fulfill the scriptural principle of giving God first place in our lives. You know what competes with God for first place in your life? How many of you know it? How many of you know it? Money! A lot of people think that it's a battle between God and Satan. No, it's a battle between money. Yeah. When money is first in your life, God is second in your life. When God is first, money is second in your life. Praise God. And when we say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. One practical way to get that done is to seek it first with your first fruit. In the book of uh, Matthew 6, 24, he said, no one can serve two masters. New Living Translation, I close. He says, for he will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, number three. I will expand quite a number of them, but I need to walk you through it. In the second service. It, pro- it affirms your faith. Number three. It affirms your faith as in God as your source and provider of all your needs. It affirms your faith. Most of us go through life thinking that our job is our source. It's bad. Praise God. God is your source. Somebody say, God is my source. So if God is your source and you trust him, that he's able to keep you and meet your needs, then honoring him with the first fruit is not a button. Number four, it says the state for the blessing and protection of God to come upon everything else that follows the first fruit. Now, one of the reasons why God demands or puts claim on the first fruit is so that his blessing can rest upon everything that follows. It secures his blessing upon everything else that follows. 
The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 11, verse 16, that if the first fruit be holy, the lamp is also holy. Can you see that? So if the first fruit goes bad, the rest may go bad. And if the first fruit, the root be holy, so are the branches. He's just telling you how this thing works. Number five, withholding or devouring the first fruit opens the door for Satan to attack your finances. When you withhold the first fruit, you set the stage for Satan to attack your finances. That's number four. Withholding or devouring the first fruit opens the door for Satan to attack your finances. Now look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25. I'll close there. And obviously, the opposite is true. It is a snare. Someone say it's a snare. For a man to devour that which is what? Holy. That which is what? Now, the word holy in scripture means something that is consecrated, something that is dedicated, something that is set apart, something that God has uniquely laid claim upon. It is holy. Everything that God decides to take care of is holy. He said it is holy. For a man to devour that which is holy, it is, it is a snare. You know a snare? Uh-huh. A snare is something that traps you. For a man to devour that which is holy. And after vows to make enquiry. Now go to Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 3. That's where you know the real thing. Jeremiah 2 3. <laughs> he said, Israel was holiness to the Lord and the first fruit of all his increase. Sometimes certain strange happenings come your way in the course of the year. You don't understand. Check your life. Things don't just happen. Most of the time, we break certain hedges. The Bible said, if you break an hedge, the serpent will bite. If you break a hedge, there are spiritual hedge. He told uh, uh, Job, I have made an hedge around you and around everything that you have. But sometimes, by our own disobedience and listen, we break the hedge and certain demonic attacks that are not supposed to be warranted. You know, the Bible says, you shall not give food to, to the devil. Satan has no place. I keep on saying it. And I believe it with all my heart because that's what scripture says. Satan has no place to your life as a child of God. It's only usually when we give him access. By certain acts. Walk in love, you walk in love. Envy, bitterness. Listen, it gives Satan opportunity to attack you. Honor God, you honor him. Then the devourer is loose. He said, Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruit of all his sins. All that devour him shall offend. When you devour your first fruit, you're offended. And says, evil shall come upon them. That evil is not coming from God. Obviously, it's from Satan. This year, you will not live under the influence of evil. Amen. May the Lord help you. Amen. And may the grace of God to obey God rest upon you. Amen. May the Lord distinguish you this year. Amen. May your finances soar this year. May God lift you to levels you have no idea of this year. All the time, remember, when God speaks to you about energy, whether it's personal or corporate, it's because he has a mega harvest in store. Receive grace to obey God. You are blessed. Go with God and return with good news. In the name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. One word. 
Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service, and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service, 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa Seranabout, Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you.